Um, so here's the thing. We're opening a book of the Bible, all right? And, and, and you know, Jody's doing a Bible class this morning, and, and the, it was really cool. There weren't any seats in the whole room, which was really fun and neat to see, but he's going through the book of Galatians, and I would encourage everybody to be a part of that on Sunday mornings. But, um, but one of the things that's really important is there should be a habit that I, I want all of you to have, right? Is anytime you open your Bible, that there are certain things that just automatically start firing in your brain, okay? Um, and the first one is, who am I even, who's writing this book? Like, what do I know about this guy? Okay, that's super, super, super important because um, this is a real person. I know it's, that sounds weird to say, um, but sometimes we can read the Bible almost like a fantasy book, like a, like a fiction book, like, oh, and in a faraway land. You know, there was a king in a faraway land, and it's, and it's kind of like that instead of going, hold on a minute, this is real people in real places in real times. And so part of our job as we open the Bible is to, number one, read the Bible in humility, opening it up going, man, this is God's word. We are already hopefully humbled by that, okay? Um, but also, it's okay to read with imagination, okay? And what I'm not saying by that is like a, a, a fantastical imagination, like, oh, yes, and making up some story, but like locking in your brain to going, oh, this was a guy, and I wonder... Maybe you can even picture what he looks like. I don't, it, it doesn't matter theologically what he looked like, but it may help you to go, oh, this was a guy who sat down and it, maybe with somebody else and wrote this letter out. This was a guy who walked with Jesus. Could you imagine waking up this morning if you knew you were going to go out and you were actually going to just hang out with Jesus the whole day? And not only that you were going to hang out with him, but he was going to teach you. Like you were one of his guys. Wouldn't that be awesome? All right. And, and so just maybe you got to have a picture in your head maybe. And you don't have to, but I mean, I know for me to get into the word, I'm going, okay, what did it look like? And what was the, the, the landscape like? And, you know, all of those kind of things. And who was this guy? What made him tick? Okay. Because here's the one thing we know for sure he wasn't. He wasn't an American. <laughs> he wasn't a Westerner. Okay, and you go, what on earth? That's the stupidest thing in the world. That doesn't matter at all, right? I'm like, no, 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 no. It matters totally. I mean, this is huge because if we think Peter was, uh, was, you know, a Western guy who thinks the way we do with democracies and all of these different kind of technologies we have and all that kind of stuff and, and our mindset of individualism, um, we're going to misread the Bible, because we're going to read into it all of these Western values. And we're going, hold on a minute. This is a guy who grew up in a little small town. This is a guy who, it, you know, it was just in a community, man. You were around growing up. Everybody was out. It was agrarian. It was, it was people were helping one another. That was happening. It wasn't like, man, I'm going into my house and barricading myself from the rest of the world. It was like, no, man, the rest of my little town here, we all need one another, and we all know one another, and, and the front door of my house was very semi-permeable, right? That's like a little biology term there, is, you know, it's, it's, it's like people can come in and people can go out, right? And it, but it's one of those things where it's just, I think sometimes in our individualistic society, man, it's just like my, my house is like a fortress that, man, no, 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 no uh, I don't want people coming into my space, right? I don't want people messing up my my, whatever I have going on, my me time and my self-care time and all that kind of stuff. And uh, that wasn't Peter, okay? I mean, listen, don't, don't, don't be like, oh, man, he's getting on me. No, I'm just saying, don't read that into this guy, okay? Peter was an interesting fellow, okay? I love this. Um, do you ever watch Polar Express? 
I, I love this. When I, when I, I'm thinking about by faith, you know, and this is what the conductor said. He said, the most real things in the world are the things we don't see. I love that part, right? Because that's about faith is this idea of, man, there's, there's stuff that the world throws at us that the world wants us to think is very meaningful. And Peter's about to write something that isn't seen. He's going, those are the real things. Okay, I love that. I don't know. I just threw it up there because because I liked it. So, you know, you <laughs> preacher's choice. Um, let's kind of walk through Peter's life, okay? Um, Jesus to Peter. All right? Now think about this. He said, Peter, this is the guy who wrote this book. I just want to be very clear about his life journey, okay? Because he wasn't trained in the seminary. Um, you know, he wasn't a well-schooled, um, educated man, all right? He, he was a guy who Jesus called and he went. And then, um, you know, um, I, I don't know if we could handle Jesus' discipling. I, 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 no, listen, I do know we wouldn't be able to handle Jesus' discipling, okay? Because it's this idea of what we want in the Western civilizations is complete and utter like, just make me feel okay about myself. Even when you teach me, you don't say anything that might be misconstrued as something that might make me feel bad or judgmental. Who's Jesus? He's so judgmental. You can laugh at that. That's just a little bit. <laughs> but he tells, hey, this, is, this is a conversation, this is a little piece of a conversation that Jesus tells the guy who we're about to read and about who is this faithful man. He says, you know, Peter, you, you had, you're a little faith. He didn't even barely give him credit for walking on the water. This is where this happened right after that, right? Would you get your feelings hurt if that happened? Get your feelings hurt, right? I mean, that's the thing. We've got to deal with that, right, if we're going to be faithful. Um, in Matthew 16, Jesus, the, the highlight moment, he, he asked him, who, who do you say I am? And Peter's like, boom, you're the Christ, you're the king, you're the Savior. He says, Blessed are you. You know, that's like in our day is awesome. That's fantastic. That's incredible. Thank you. And Simon and Peter, it's the same person, okay, just so you know. Uh, Simon said to Jonah, blessed are you. Wouldn't that be great to hear that from Jesus? Like, that's what we want to hear is every, blessed are you, blessed are you, blessed are you. And then a couple seconds later, get behind me, Satan. (laughs) Just in the same breath. He says, man, Peter, that is awesome. And then Peter's like, if you think that's awesome, you should hear this next thing I've got to say to you. And he's like, no, 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 get get behind me, Satan. Could you handle that from Jesus? We quit. Okay. Here's the thing I'm learning about Peter um, that I think is so different than us. Um, Peter was a desperate man. He wasn't a comfortable man with his life. All right, we're going to see things that happen, and, and Jesus brings him to the end of himself. All right? I think that's what scares us. We don't want to come to the end of ourselves. We don't want to be that kind of desperate. We don't want to be... See, the thing about this is when we come to the end of ourselves, we don't run away when somebody says this like Jesus. <laughs> when Jesus says, you have little faith, we don't, we don't run and quit, and I'm going to take my ball and go home. But he was like, no, man, Jesus, you're the one I'm following. <laughs> I ain't quitting this. Get behind me saying, okay, yeah, that hurts. All right? This is him. He's what he's getting. And, and 
And then, as we know, Peter denied Jesus, even when Jesus was like, come on, come on back. And he's like, but Peter, you're going to deny me three times. And he does. And he went outside and wept bitterly. This is our author here. Okay, this is his journey. Okay, what's great about this is, you know what, he's a lot like we are. Isn't that what most people really love about Peter? It's like, man, I can really relate to that. All right. Sometimes we want to relate to his circumstances and go, man, I, yeah, I'm, I'm really like that. But hopefully we relate to his desperation for Jesus. Hopefully we relate. Okay. Has anybody in here ever dreamed of becoming like a professional athlete? Like you want to be a professional athlete, right? Uh, you know, or, or somebody, you know, I, you know, you watch a movie and you think, man, I, would, I know it's made up, but like, you know, we watched Rocky growing up, you know? I mean, man, I want to, I can't tell you how many fake fights I was in in my living room, man, just pretending I was rock. I want to be like that boxer, man, just beating up Ivan Drago and all of those things. And it may be different things where you're, you're just like, man, I would want to be like that person. And it's really great, except there's something about that person that you don't have that you would never achieve where they are. And what I mean by that is, is that sometimes we look at an athlete and we're like, man, if I just had, you know, this other kind of coach, and we don't pay attention to, hold on, there's something inside that guy that me and you probably don't have. There's probably a drive. There's probably a determination. There's probably a toughness. And a lot of times we just want to make the team, right? It's like, well, why can't you just, just give me a starting position and just let me be this person. You're like, hold on a minute. We've we got to figure out what makes people tick. And, and that's really important with Peter. Let's figure out what makes him tick because it's not so much just to, just to empathize with him and go, yeah, I'm a failure too. And I'm, yeah, I love Peter. But going, hold on a minute, there's more to Peter. He wasn't just sitting back sucking his thumb and feeling sorry for himself. Okay, he was like, no, no, no. See, Jesus, I know you said that, but I ain't leaving you, man. I I failed. I'm weeping bitterly, but you aren't getting rid of me that easy. Okay, it's what he's made out of right here. Okay. Um, Then Jesus tells him it's such a great story after all of that. Okay, and you can even follow the journey of your own life, maybe where you're like, man, I have I have lived in a way that has been just abominable. I have, you know, just. Uh, just lived such a, a life opposing Jesus and, and such a life of failure and such a life of highs and lows and all these things. And, and then at the end here, Jesus is going, Peter, come here, man. I got a job for you. Wouldn't that be fantastic? We, see, here's the deal is we have to get our lives and our hearts into that place to understand why that's good news. Right? Be, because sadly speaking, most of us have been trained by the world to just feel sorry for ourselves. And we want something given to us. And Peter's still here. And he's still going, I'm not leaving you. And Jesus is going, I got a job for you still. You mean, you mean I denied you though? No, you don't understand. You don't understand me. I, I've got a job for you. Are, are you with that? I have a job for you, okay? And, and, and here's the thing. I have something I want you to do. I haven't forgot about you, man. I hadn't lost hope that you can do. I haven't done it. This is good news. And unfortunately, man, I, it's just, it bothers me and it worries me that these kind of things aren't good news for us. Just, you know, it just is a sad thing, right? But you have this guy, I hope we see what's ticking in Peter is, man, I can get knocked down and I get back up. And I don't just get back up just to be a, you know, just, but man, I'm, Jesus, I'm coming after you, man. <laughs> You know, you can, but I'm coming after you. Nothing's going to keep me from this. And he's like, well, feed my sheep. And we even know after this, Peter still has this all kind of rocky thing, okay? But, but we see that he's growing. He's a work in progress, right? Because we do see in Acts chapter 4, Peter's like, 
arrested. You, you can beat me, you can arrest me, you can do all these things because I can't even stop. You can tell me to stop talking about it. When was the last time you said that when you woke up and you went out and you said, man, I just can't stop telling about it. like it's Jesus is so good to me. Like I can't stop being just like telling people about that. Just think about that. And just I know it probably happened recently. When was the last time someone just said, no, stop? Did it happen recently? Somebody said, man, you, hold on, you're too grateful. <laughs> you're too grateful. <laughs> you're too faithful. Stop talking about that. You don't get the real world. You're too faithful. Okay, uh, we none of us have, right? I mean, that's where we're all sitting in the same boat because there hadn't been a, I'll bet you, it, no one has said, stop talking so much about this good news. All right, and Peter's like, no, no, no. They actually had to tell me, like the, the officials had to tell me to stop. And he's like, I hear you, but I can't. Okay, that, that should tell us something about how this man is ticking on the inside, about how Jesus has infiltrated his heart, right? Because I, I can't stop it, right? It happens again in Acts chapter 5. He said, listen, man, I, you know, I, I picture Peter, and he's in front of, like, these officials, and the officials are going, man, stop it, you know? I mean, it's not like they know this guy. They see him around. They're like, come on, dude, just stop it. You're killing us. Look at the town, Look at what you're doing. Look at the, the temple, and you're messing everything up, and you're causing trouble. And, and just stop. And Peter going, listen, man, I like you. You're a good guy, but I, you don't understand. I got another allegiance. Okay? I think sometimes we read in anger into too many things about these guys, man. Like, no, we must obey God, you jerk. And, you know, we're calling people names and stuff. I think he's like, listen, you know, hey, Brutus, I like you, man. But I... I <laughs> I can't disobey God. Okay, I don't know if the guy's name was Brutus. You don't have to write that. You're like, where did he get that? That's not in the Bible. Okay? So, boy, I'll tell you, it's going to help us understand this because, again, I think where we're starting is, man, um, we could use more faith. I want my faith to grow. Um, I want to be inspired by faithful men and women. Okay? Um, And you know what's great about the Bible is that um, we're supplied with some of the first of the faithful and to see, man, how'd you live? But what made you tick, right? To know, man, it wasn't, this wasn't just a guy who was just a screw up and, and got, you know, God was just like, oh yeah, there's Peter. I know, you know, and just the joke of the town, that wasn't it at all. I mean, he was laser focused, right? Um, he didn't have perfect performance. He didn't have perfect performance, but you know what I think we'll see is that he had really solid effort. That's different, right? Understand something. Effort is not earning. I want you to let that sink in because sometimes we, we think laziness is grace. Oh, no, no, no. I don't want to earn anything from God, so I'm not. No, no, no. Effort is not earning because we're going to see a man, a faithful man, that's putting his heart and soul into what he's done. And we get the value of reading this letter that was written years and years and years. Can you imagine that when we're all super old? Like 50? <laughs> Can you imagine that? <laughs> Just messing with you. 60, 75. Can you imagine? You know, because that's, you're sitting down, and what if you wrote down, this is what I'm going to leave for my kids. I want them to learn about my journey because I want them to be more faithful than I was. Okay, we get this right here with Peter. Um, and he's writing to some Christians, we think, you know, and, and we'll look at this. 
Many of them were probably pretty new Christians, okay? Um, and this is a map of our world today. This isn't first century. But it, he's writing to people that were in, like, modern-day Turkey. It's good to know some geography. It helps us to kind of, oh, man, well, and Turkey is, there's Iraq just to the right, and there's Greece, and there's Italy. So it gives you an idea that we're not talking about South America Africa, South Africa anyway, right? Because there is North Africa. A lot of times we forget about that in the Bible, <laughs> right? So I put that up there because I hope you love maps too. Um, I think that's where me and Jody bond the most is our love of maps. And, uh, but it, it does help us. But turn over in your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 1. Um, here, as I was reading chapter 1, I had a title. I don't usually put a title to my sermons, okay? But this is a good one. You're going to like this. <laughs> Information that will not change your current life situation. How's that roll off the tongue? <laughs> How does that fire you up right there, man? Let me say it again because I know you're writing it down. Information that will not change your current life situation. Now, I almost want to do a forced amen. <laughs> and I don't ever do that, okay? I don't ever do. You know what I'm talking about, right? Right? You know what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. The preacher says it, and you're forced to agree with him. <laughs> Listen, I was this close, though, and I never do that, okay? But, but I'm reading this, and I'm going, hold on a minute. Peter, 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 you would not make it in America as a preacher. You just wouldn't do it, man. No one would tweet you. <laughs> no one would YouTube you. No one would Instagram you, Snapchat you, MySpace you. Come on, bring it, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, you name it. Because he's writing this, and I'm going, and I'm thinking this, and I just want to share with you kind of this embarrassment of my own heart, okay? I'm reading this, and I'm going, um, these first 12 verses, and I'm going, nothing preaches here. <laughs> Jody knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> Nothing preaches in this section, right? Because it's like, okay, I'm, a, I'm an evangelist, man. I mean, I'm like, get out, do something, you slackers. I'm like, where is that in here? And I'm reading it, and I'm going, you know what? There's, I'm just sharing with you, and I, I'm doing it kind of tongue-in-cheek, but I, I'm serious. I mean, this really bothered my heart. Was I was like, um, this won't inspire anyone. No one's going to be inspired by this because we're going to read stuff. And I'm like, wow, okay, so Peter, um, there, there's, there's two scenarios I'm thinking about, and one of them is automatically wrong. The one scenario is, man, he's, he doesn't get it. Uh, let's skip this chapter, <laughs> right? Um, the other scenario is, man, my heart is so hard, and I am so much not, I am so much not in touch with what Peter was in touch with <laughs> because he's writing all about inspiration. He's writing about the stuff that early Christians, that these guys would get this and say, yeah, man, that's what I'm talking about right there. That's the fuel. That's the gospel. That's what gets me going, man. That's what, and you know what's funny, man? In, in our, you know, we, we want a soundbite. We want something that's going to, oh, yeah, that saying, man. I mean, I like, you know, Francis Chan says good things, you know. I'm afraid that Francis Chan probably inspires more people than Jesus does. Or you name your favorite author. You know, whoever your favorite author is, you're like, that, they nailed it. And then I'm looking at this going, whoa, man, um, we've we got to stop here for a second, okay, um, and, and dig into this. And, and, 
and, and unfortunately, or fortunately, uh, you'll read this too, I think, in many ways and go, yeah, kind of just, um, boy, there's words in here. I'm just, you know, yeah, imperishable and unfading. <laughs> um, but what do I get? That's what we like to hear. What do I get? When's my life going to get better? Except it's interesting because, again, this is information that will not change the circumstances of your current life situation. Okay. So let's start reading with that, like, great note. You're going, yes, I'm so glad that, uh, that, that Keith is our preacher, okay? He really knows how to grease the skids into this, okay? But I'm just going to tell you, you've got you to gotta be locked in here on Peter. And he says this, first of all, he says, Peter, he's an apostle of Jesus Christ. He says, I'm writing to the temporary residents, dispersed, scattered around this modern-day Turkey, Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia, chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father and set apart by the Spirit for obedience and for sprinkling with the blood of Jesus Christ. May grace and peace be multiplied to you. Praise the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that is imperishable, uncorrupted and unfading, kept in heaven for you. You're being protected by God's power through faith for a salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. You rejoice in this. No, now for a short time, you have to struggle in various trials so that the genuineness of your faith, faith that's more valuable than gold, but this gold perishes, though refined by fire. This faith, that your faith will result in praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. You love him, though you haven't seen him. And though not seeing him now, you believe in him and rejoice with inexpressible and glorious joy because you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your soul. All right? And you're going, wow, man, that was it. That just fired you up to go out, and man, nothing's going to stop us this week, Right? Except you just kind of heard word after word after word, okay? And it's interesting because all of this statement right here battles against every part of who we are as human beings. Every aspect of this. So maybe you'll be able to like get one little nugget out of this. Maybe there'll be one thing that you'll be able to dig into. But but we're going to just kind of break this down a little bit because he starts out and he says, Praise the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ according to his great mercy okay now understand something is it sounds like that he's writing to people that are going through some hard times okay are they all going through hard times all the time we don't know but uh, clearly he's addressing this with them he's saying hey you want to know what you guys are going through some hard times and and maybe that's where we can kind of just meet him at that place and go yeah i kind of know what that feels like you know who cares i mean if it maybe it's not as bad as theirs but you know what it is right a trial a temptation something that is like trying to get you off track, okay? Something, uh, suffering or whatever it is, okay? He's talking to them, but he says this, praise the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ according to his great mercy. Here's the interesting thing about that. Um, uh, Mercy has to do with like what me and you need. Why, Why does that matter? Okay, we've agreed. We've all gone through hard times. Um, we've gone through hard times where it hasn't been our choice, right? Somebody else has been giving us the hard time, right? Have you ever had that happen before? Somebody say something or treat you in a way that it's not fair, not just. It's something like that, okay? 
And he's going, man, praise God, the Father, and it, this, this merciful God. And, and, and um, it, it's interesting because when we're the victim or when we're kind of mopey and pouty and things are just not going our way and it's out of our control and life is so bad and all that kind of stuff, he goes, hold on, man. You, you know, you, it's like y'all need mercy. And the last thing we want to do is take any kind of accountability because this is what it's requiring. This idea of going, man, I'm, maybe I'm not the most picked on guy in the world. Maybe my circumstances aren't the worst in the world. Maybe I need to stop moping around because thank God he's merciful to me. But as a victim, we don't think we need mercy. We think other people need punishment. Okay? And he's telling us this, and this goes completely against our grain because we want somebody else to blame. We want to be angry at somebody else. Does that ever, I mean, can you, can you wrap your mind around that a little bit? Is that idea of like, when you're feeling sorry for yourself, the last thing you want to do is to take some responsibility for some things that are going on in your own heart, right? That, that's really the last thing because it's like, I want to put on a, a sad song or something like that and just mope away and all that kind of stuff instead of going, you know what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this all might be happening, but you know what, man? Um, thank God that he's merciful, <laughs> Thank God that he's merciful because you want to know what? As bad as it is, I've got some culpability in this life. I've got some skin in the game here when it comes to Jesus. All right? Thank God for that, okay? And, and, and just that requires so much humility. I love that Peter's like walking us through this and he's going, you know what, man? When, when times are tough, humility sometimes is hard. And he's going, man, here's, thank God for his mercy. Why do I need mercy? Yeah, because man, we're, we need that. Okay, we need that from him. And he goes, well, so thank God for that. He's given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead into an inheritance that is imperishable, uncorrupted, unfading, kept in heaven for you. Okay, so golly, man, he's just not helping us here because he's saying, we all agree. I mean, we've read these words enough to go, man, that's awesome. That's in heaven one day. Like this imperishable, unfading. It's like it's right there, okay, except it's not, you don't get it yet. Like it's the ultimate and delayed gratification. Do you like that? How many people, you, you want something so bad and you pray, God, don't give that to me yet. I want to delay my gratification. Do you pray that way? Have you ever prayed that way? You're like, God, you know the desires of my heart, but please don't give it to me right away. Like, make, it, make me just, like, grow more before you give me that. Okay? See, Peter's going, hold on a minute. There is something that should just light us on fire. And it's waiting for you in heaven. <laughs> it's delayed gratification that none of us like. Not a soul likes this, okay? And so again, Peter's like, let me get y'all fired up. That doesn't fire me up at all. Like, you gonna preach about something that's gonna make my life easier? He hadn't got to that part yet, huh? I don't know if he is gonna get to that part yet, okay? I don't think he's concerned about that part. I think he's going, hey, dude, there's real things to be worried about, and they're later in life. They're in heaven, okay? That's what's real, okay? And you wanna know, we all talk about that. Well, yeah, we have first world problems and all that kind of stuff. Here's, here's what I want you you to think about because we all say it all of us say it at some point is when we say that stop right there and go god please forgive me <laughs> okay because saying it doesn't give me reason to just keep living in that i've gone oh yeah this is a first world problem um i, I don't know if peter will be all concerned about these kind of things because he's going there's something and it's later and and nobody likes that right because it's right now it's like the answer is no 
right? Y'all know as Rory grows up, there's a word that she's learning to hate. No, right? And as we get older, we don't hate it less. We just are more appropriate in our temper tantrums, okay? When we hear no, 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 no. I hear no, 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 no. We'll say no back to it, but he's just this delayed gratification. He says, there's an inheritance that is so amazing, I mean, it, listen, you can't even imagine it. It doesn't wear out. It doesn't go away. It doesn't lose its value. It's going to be the greatest thing in the world. This is going to fuel you for eternity. And the sad thing is, is we're still like, come on, man, give us something else. This is not doing it for me. Like, I want my life better and easier and tell me how to do that, okay? And so he, Peter keeps trying. He says, here's, here's the deal. Uh, he said in verse 5, you're being protected by God's power through faith for a salvation that's ready to be revealed in the last time. Again, he's like, come on, man, can't we just talk about it now? But here's the good news. He says, you're being protected by faith. That's good news, isn't it? I don't know what that looks like. I don't know in the spiritual realm what that protection looks like, what, what kind of like force field that is of the protection but, but here's where we can kind of go off and sideways because we read this and say, oh, uh, I'm protected because of faith in Jesus, okay? And we forget once again that Peter would be totally unaware of our lingo, American lingo. I'm not anti-American. I'm really not. I'm just like, we're all Americans, okay? I mean, we can talk about this. Um, but our American Christian lingo, which is Jesus has become like a password. That's the password. Jesus. I said, Jesus. So I'm in, I'm in faith and I'm protected. And, and we all kind of, you know, gather around and sing kumbaya. And we're like, do you know the password? And do you know the password? And do you know the password? And as long as we know the password, Jesus died for my sin and he rose again so I can go to heaven. And that's not biblical either, by the way. I mean, that's a very, like, diluted view of the gospel, all right? And a very selfish view. Um, but we treat Jesus as a password. And we think, man, no, no. What he's saying is, here's what protects you, is your allegiance to Jesus. Your allegiance to Jesus. Just like married folks, your allegiance to your spouse. Man, nobody gets that person. Right? It's the allegiance to him. Okay? It's not just a password that we kind of throw around. Okay? So again, Peter's like, he's getting it going a little bit. He says this. Oh, man. He says, uh... uh you, you rejoice in this, though. Now for a short time, you've had to struggle in various trials. Okay, you've go, you're going through something hard or you've been going through something hard before. Think about whenever that is in your life. And somebody goes, oh, that wasn't that bad. What do you think? What happens to you? I know what happens to me, but I'm going to ask you what happens to you, <laughs> okay? What happens to you? And somebody goes, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember that bad time in your life. That was such a short period of time. What do you think? Tell me, Aubrey, you're having like, you're like, yeah, I hate when people do that. So what are you thinking? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And Peter did it right here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. It's, it's, that's a, we're going, man, you don't even know me and you don't know where I've walked. Peter said, I don't need to know any of that stuff. No. Isn't that what we do? We, we, we put so much into stuff so people would just back off and think I've got the worst life and the hardest life and all of that's going to give us a pass from being faithful. And Peter's just like, I don't even have to see any of y'all. It's short trials. And we get 
fighting mad about that. You, Peter, who do you think you are? Well, he said he's an apostle. <laughs> okay, I mean, you go. I, listen, man, at that point, I'm going, okay, you walk with Jesus. I didn't, you know. Uh, but he's like, listen, you know. Now, here's the funny thing is, is, is Peter speaking as a guy who's ever been through a trial? Now, right, this isn't a guy, and he's just, oh, he's such a, he doesn't even know what a trial is. <laughs> I think that everyone around him would beg to differ. He knows what a trial is. He knows what a cost is to count to follow Jesus. I mean, this guy knows that he's been knocked down. He's been come back up and knocked down again. He knows a trial, but he said something right here. He says, just a short trial, what you're going through. And again, this is where, man, let's change the filter of how I read the Bible and go, you know what? You know why it's a short? Because of what he just said. He said, no, 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 I'm, I'm listen. It, the trial could be 10 years long. It could be 15. It could be 20 years long. It's a short trial. Why? Because we're talking about something that's going to be eternal. This, we're talking about something that should really excite you. Not just getting past this, okay? So now think about this. Is the trial you went through. And maybe you're going through it now, but you've been through other trials. When that was over, life was perfect, wasn't it? Everything was great because you got through that trial, right? Everything was awesome, huh? Because that's what we think. If I just get through this, my life will just be awesome and great and fantastic, no, no, no. See, because that's how the world we live in. It's not great and awesome and fantastic after that. It's fine. We'll have happy moments and joyful moments and sad moments, but it's not like heaven. It's not like this eternal thing that's never going to fade. You're not, listen, here's the deal is you're not going to have a bad day in heaven. Wouldn't that be awesome? Like there's, I, it never, you, could, you don't even know what a bad day means. That, can you imagine that? I can't. I cannot imagine that. All right. And so he's just saying this is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Short trial. So all of a sudden, we, we don't like Peter already. He's uninspiring and offensive. All right? We're like, dude, come on, man. And he says this, though. Um, he says, there's purpose to your suffering now. That it will result in something. Okay? Like, suffering and trials aren't meaningless. They're, they're, they aren't without meaning. He said, they're actually meant to have a result is that when Jesus comes back, that there will be, that, that this will happen at the revelation of Jesus, praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus, okay? By us only? Mm-mm. He says in chapter 2, he's like, you live a faithful life in such a way that even people who don't want to follow Jesus, when he comes back, they're going to be like, that dude's awesome. Praise, glory, and honor from everyone. There's purpose to this, is this idea of like, man, this is what magnifies God's name. This is how we navigate these things by faith. There's purpose in these things, right? So people who wouldn't have an inclination to even follow Jesus would go, that, I don't know, I don't know who that is, but they're awesome. I'm just watching your life. They're awesome, whoever you're following, okay? There's purpose with this. And he says on, he says, you love him though you haven't seen him. And though not seeing him now, you believe in him and rejoice with an inexpressible and glorious joy. Okay, let's just stop right there. Do you ever read the Bible and you read the words and you go, I don't think that at all. I want you to think, how do you reconcile that? I have that. Like I shared that as I was reading this. I'm like, hmm, hold on a minute. Um, he he, He makes a statement. You love him. And though you can't see him, you believe in him, and you're filled with an inexpressible joy, okay? Like, like that, we should stop and go, hold on a minute, if I'm, if I'm not. And I understand what that isn't. That isn't like euphoric feeling, okay? 
That's not what we're trying to do. We're not trying to whip everybody into an emotional frenzy here. All right. But this connection of, man, it's like whatever is coming my way, man, I'm just so like focused and confident in Jesus. And so like, man, okay, I don't care. People can say whatever they want and I'm following Jesus, right? It's just like you can't be thrown anywhere, okay? Picture that as as like this inexpressible joy, this fuel. It's just like, no, 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 you you, you can't push me anywhere. Man, I am going forward with this, okay? Um, we've got to reconcile and go, hold on a minute. Um, you can't just read past it and go, man, I hope, I, I hope this doesn't come up later. I hope this inexpressible joy doesn't come up later. You know what I mean? We were at a retreat recently, and, you know, uh, they talked about the difference. You know, sometimes it's really easy to see Christianity as a burden, right? And then all the stuff we don't want to do, we say, oh, those are just rules and all that kind of stuff. Instead of going, no, no, it's a joy. Here's my fear, is that, is that and, and you got it. Like I said, I don't get to look in your heart. But my fear is, is that there's joy missing and we're okay with that. Mm-hmm. There's no way. There's no, nothing in the Bible I read that says it's okay. That it's okay. It, there's nothing. We can't go through it and say, man, God, it was a burden. It was this. But I just lied to everybody and told them it's such an inexpressible joy. Because that's what your word said. You know? It, it isn't okay. Here's, here's the thing, okay? It says you love him, though you don't see him. Here, here's where I think we go wrong. I'm not sure if everyone can say that statement. Or, or you know, when, when Peter goes, you love him. Um, and, and here's why oftentimes. I, I don't know if we spend enough time talking to him. I don't know if we spend enough time seeking out who he is. I don't know if we spend enough time. I think that we're so caught up in the world and what the Christian church isn't doing and all that. We just kind of latch on to opinions and go, well, that's Jesus' opinion instead of like really digging into hard subjects. I don't think we do. I think that, you know what, there's too much homework to follow Jesus and love him. We would never say that. Okay. But the thing about it is, is see your college degree, it's not delayed gratification. You're going to get it and get paid. Um, we're talking about something here that you go, no, no, see, this following Jesus and loving him is better than that. That doesn't mean you neglect what you do. You don't neglect your work. You don't neglect school. You don't do those things. But here's the thing is, you do know if you are running from it, though. Like, I'm not, I don't spend the time with Jesus. And it, it, I'll bet you anything, it's not because you work too much or have too much school. I'll bet you anything it's not that, okay? Because I can just bring up, like, names of television shows, and you're like, I saw all 65 episodes of that last week. <laughs> Seriously, though. I mean, that's the truth. It's like, I don't have any time, but I've watched every cat video on YouTube. I mean, you see it on Facebook. You're like, oh, look at this. This is awesome. And there's 50 videos that's been commented on. And then you're like, hey, you, you, how's, how's, it, how's your time with God been? Oh, man, I don't have time. Like, I, I get like five minutes on the way as I walk to class. And, and here's what I'm going to say. Don't expect to love Jesus. Okay, just don't expect it. Don't get upset when, quote unquote, Christianity doesn't work for you. (laughs) Don't get upset. Okay, just don't just go. Okay, you know what, Jesus, I don't have enough time for you. Just be honest with him. Okay, it's not a good place to be. But at some point, you got to just stop fooling yourself. You don't spend enough time. Oh, man, I don't. I read my Bible. I do what I have to do and I get past it. I don't have time to read more or study more. I don't have time for that. All right. Listen, 
You know what? I'm a firm believer in that from little I was taught this. You do what you want to do. That's been a true fact in every single aspect of my life. You do what you want to do. Okay? And just be honest with yourself, okay? You're not in the Word because you don't want to be in the Word. It's not because you're too busy. We don't pray because we just don't think it's real. It's not because it's, you know, any kind of existential fact or anything like that. It's just, it's just we're talking about being lazy. That's really what we're getting the root down to, okay? Here's some interesting things here, though. There, the Bible says stuff about this, about the lazy. Right there in Proverbs 26, it says the slacker says there's a line in the road. There's a line in the public square. And you're going, well, that's legitimate not to go in the public square. There's a lion there, okay? Except there wasn't a lion there, okay? He's just making up an excuse. That's the point of this is he's, you know, when you're lazy, you always have an excuse. I can't go to that. I got too much homework. Well, whose fault is that? Did you get up earlier and do your homework? And, and I know you're thinking, dude, you're a preacher. You, you don't know nothing. <laughs> you're a preacher. You sit around and do nothing all week. You drink coffee at Starbucks. Okay? Now, I wasn't a preacher my whole life. Okay? Listen, I do have a halfway legitimate degree. I have a master's degree. Okay? I know how to do school as a disciple. And I'm just saying that I've lived this and I've heard this from people. You got an excuse for everything. I got sniffles, man. I can't go out of my house. I got the sniffles. I'm like 90% of people in, in America have the sniffles right now. Dude, sometimes you got to just go to work. You got to go to school, man. Okay? I don't know. I'm just saying, I really, I, we got to dig into this, okay? Because I, I just get, I, I cannot tell you sometimes where I'm just like, holy mackerel, we have an excuse for everything. Oh, gosh. So later on, though, it says, uh, a door turns on its hinges as a slacker on his bed. A door turns on his hinges as a slacker on his bed. The slacker buries his hand in the bowl, but he's too weary to even bring it to his mouth. That's a, that's a painted picture. Could you imagine in the dining hall or at home, you're just like, I'm so tired. Like, you know, you've seen pictures of babies. They just fall asleep right in their food <laughs> face down, right? You just see that. He says, it, it, that is so applicable to us with the Bible, though. So lazy, man. I can't even bring the word up to read it. <laughs> I, my arm, I'm too tired. <laughs> no, you don't understand. The Bible's not as good as, as you name the TV show of the day. I don't know. I mean, whatever your favorite show is. Right? But it, that's so interesting because it's not delayed gratification. You get it instantly. Right? He says, too weird. You, you are. In his eyes, a slacker is wiser than seven men who can answer sensibly. That's an interesting thing. As we get lazy, this is what I find by myself, is everybody else becomes stupider. <laughs> <laughs> the lazier I get, the dumber people get. Like, oh, they don't know. Work smarter, not harder. Right? What are you thinking? I don't have to prove my salvation. I don't have to do all that. I don't care that that dude knows the Bible. I don't care that that... Because we're wiser in our own eyes. It's like I'm the smartest guy in the world the more lazy I get, right? And actually, earlier he says, do you see a man who's wise in his own eyes? There's, no, there's more hope for a fool than him. Wow, man, that, the writer just kind of set him up because that was early. <laughs> He's like, y'all know somebody that, that they're wise in their own eyes. There's no hope for him. Then he paints this picture, and I think a lot of us are going, oh, gosh. And he says this, this sad kind of obituary here. There's more hope for a fool 
You know, you can say it in your head, you know. Could you imagine somebody saying, hey, man, you're so lazy. They're, fools have more hope than you have. I mean, that's real stuff right there from the Bible. That's not stuff I made up, you know. I wasn't like, oh, man, that's like, no, 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 no. This is like Bible stuff that people read, you know. And you look at this, you're like, man, okay. Um, boy, um, we, we've got to repent of laziness. And, and you may not be, here's the deal. Is you may go, I'm not lazy, though, Keith. I work really hard. But the thing about it is you work really hard at everything you want to do. Mm-hmm. See, that's very different, right? And it's that idea of making a decision. Is the imperishable, unfading, uncorruptible prize to be with Jesus for eternity, is, is that worth it to sacrifice a little bit? Right? Is that, is that worth it, or is it just another one of those things where, like, no, man, I know how the church is. The church is legalistic about doing stuff and all this kind of stuff. I'm going to fight against that. I'm like, I, I'm down with that. That's totally great. You go ahead and do that. But, don't, but do it because you find something in the Bible that tells you to do that. Okay? Because, again, I, I think Jesus means what he means. I think Peter means what he means here. I don't think that there's going to come a time we're going to go, no, but you don't understand the reason why I didn't get all involved in the community and did not do because of all these reasons. but I have the password. No, no, I got the password, Jesus. Remember, I accepted you, Jesus. Remember that? I, I have the password. None of the stuff I did matters. Right? You know, whoa, man. Hey, here's the deal is you can have a view on whatever doctrine you want to have a view on, but if I were to tell you a man died for you, would it be so, so we could just like, you know, this little greedy person go up and go oh no no but i it doesn't matter how i live i'm in could you imagine if that was your family member (laughs) we'd be like what a jerk no no you're not going to treat them that way but but we're okay with people treating jesus that way because we're like oh no no no, don't tell me how to live don't tell me how to do no 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 i got the password hold on that is not worthy of a man who died it isn't all right being lazy is not worthy Any one of us, okay? I mean, I want us to think about this. Being lazy is not worthy of Jesus, all right? At all, all right? And so let's, as we're kind of digging into this over the future here, um, what am I telling you to do? Go back and like cram 1 Peter 1 into you until you get really excited about it? I would say this. Um, Let's use it like a doctor's visit. All right, kind of like, man, you know, the doctor, you go in, he's like, I'm seeing some symptoms of things I don't like. Okay, I'm seeing some symptoms here. See, see, uh, it should be, your blood work should be very different when I, when I tell you these things. All right? And instead of like, let me gut it out until I'm really excited about this, um, here's what I would tell you to do. Um, and this is a thing that I, I, there's no, in my life, it's like, there's no question. Um, pray frantically desperately for Jesus to change us. Lots of it, over and over. Don't fool yourself into going, no, I don't want to, but Jesus said don't babble like the pagans. That's why I only pray two minutes a day. I don't want my words to be many. No, 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 your words can be many. Don't babble. All of us could sit down. We have lots to say to Jesus. And let's kind of tone it down because we're not trying to, we're not trying to, Okay, let me be faithful and desperate for you, Jesus, and then you'll start giving me things. But it's the idea of, man, there is nothing 
no greater thing. There is no instant gratification on this planet in any way, shape, or form that is greater than knowing Jesus and being aligned and loyal to him. There's nothing. That's the message of the New Testament. There's nothing. In fact, it makes more sense to go to your death for this. All right? And that's the, that's the repentance when 1 Peter 1 isn't like getting us like just the pulse racing. There's, a, there's unbelief in there. There's parts of that that we're going, okay, maybe. But what I see is more important. Like what I want is more important. This world has is more important. So I'm going to hedge my bets. That's what we do a lot of times. I'm going to be like a really good Christian as I go and live my own life. Instead of going, you know, we talked a lot about Jacob and Anna Claire. One of the greatest attributes that I shared last night, man, is their heart was all in. Their heart is all in. You cannot, there's nothing more painful than kind of like, I'm going to not have my heart be all in, but try my best to be a good person. Okay. And that might be just the repentance of laziness. Go, man, my heart has to be all in. And that's scary. That is scary. All right. But we get to read from a guy who was probably scared oftentimes. Okay. He, he messed up enough to be scared. All right. And he learned an interesting thing about prayer from Jesus that probably flavored a lot of his own prayer. When Jesus says, this is how you pray. And, and we've turned it into like this wrote prayer of like the Lord's prayer, you know, and, but it's this idea of this is what Peter was trained in, not the rote prayer of the Lord, but the idea of how do you pray? Holy is your name. Your will be done. Your kingdom come, right? It's this idea of that's how Peter was taught to pray. Give us this day our daily bread. Boy, it's hard to pray that when we've got like Publix right down the street, you know, 10 for 10. I can get ramen for like 18 cents a bag, right? I mean, I can fill my whole kitchen up with food. I'm going to pray for my daily bread. See, it's hard. It's hard because we have to overcome the American filter. And we're not praying. And I'm just going to say, pray and pray. Go away and pray. Pray as you walk. Get up early and pray. Pray overnight. Study your Bible, right? Repent totally of spiritual apathy, right? Start getting involved with people. And it's this idea of, God, your will be done. Your kingdom come. You are awesome. Even when my days aren't. All right? Because that's the man who wrote this. That's Peter. And I think if we were buddies with Peter, I think it would be fun. But it'd be challenging, too. I think he would challenge the pants off us. So as we dig into this, feel free to read further in the first and second Peter. All right? Feel free to do that. All right? Um, and, uh, and dig in study, examine, um, you know, man, is my heart all in? Am I really desperate or am I just like hedging my bets here? Because the hope is this, to be able to confidently, you know, say, I love him, though I can't see him. I have an inexpressible joy. We don't look happy all the time. No, you don't understand. Like you can't knock me off the path I'm going. Like nothing can knock me off that path, all right? That, that's, that would be a great place to be.